substance of faith. Uh, I chose it because I just feel like that's kind of a word that you hear nowadays, just kind of thrown around, kind of uh, pie in the sky, not really nailing it down what it means. But I'd like to look to the scriptures and we'll get a, a clear understanding of what that word means. Okay, so let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we have together to study your word, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit that will give us clarity and, um, and knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. All right, so here we go. So we'll, I want to start, um, well, eventually. I want to look at the events of Cain and Abel because... Um, there's a lot of great uh, examples of faith in the in those in that book, Genesis chapter four, one through eight. Um, you don't find the answers if you look on like like Nick said he got online and just asked the question and like what's going on in Cain and Abel? Wow, you get a laundry list of just and it's mostly all phil philosophical. So. That's what we, that I want to look to that. Um, before, before I get there, I want to put, uh, uh, put out a salvation information because uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, talking about the natural man. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, for they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Lost people can't understand this book. So if you're lost today, I'm pretty sure everybody here is squared away, but uh, if there's anybody listening on the Internet and they're not, you want to, First uh, uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, says, Who will have all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth? Notice you can't come into the knowledge of the truth unless you're saved first. So... If you let's get saved and then we'll get into the knowledge of the truth. So Romans chapter three, we'll talk about we'll look, learn something about our salvation here. This Apostle Paul telling us the, in the dispensation of grace that we're in today, how do we get saved? Because it's different if you go to the other parts of the Bible. Not saying they're wrong. It's just things have changed, and we're just following that that change. Talking about uh, in verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Notice propitiation through faith in his blood, meaning Jesus Christ was the only acceptable sacrifice for sin mainly because he was not a sinner he he that virgin birth is is everything to our redemption because he's he was sinless he became sin for us but he had no sin he who had no sin became sin for us paul says so there's no other sacrifice because he god requires sinless blood so we're 100 percent reliant on what he did for us and and our faith in it through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of the sins that are past. Verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and justifier of him which believe in Jesus. So 
to believe in Jesus, you're trusting in his shed blood. Uh, verse 27 is going to point out, I'll just read it. He says, where is boasting then? It is excluded by, by what law? Of works? Nay, but the law of faith. Law of faith is nothing to do with the Mosaic law. It's a principle. The principle of faith is that you believe the words. And, and faith is the only thing that we can do that's not considered a work. So faith is not a work. It's just a, a uh, changing of your mind, understanding some doctrine and using it and, and, and believing it. So also look at uh, some supporting verses for this. Of Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 just kind of piggyback, Paul does this several times, it says, in whom Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We need that, that sinless blood that he had to forgive us for our sins. And then uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 is, you know, the gospel. The people, you know, this is the gospel. There's nothing more important in anyone's life than getting saved. And Paul says, this is the gospel that will save you. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So you trust that and that alone, and God will save you. And now today would be a great day to do that. Okay, so um, Genesis chapter 4. We're going to look at the events here of Cain and Abel. And... Um, through progressive revelation, we, we can nail down a few things. Uh, and uh, to give you some context, Matthew 24, actually I should have told you to go there if you want to. Matthew 24, verse 37 and 30, 38, uh, he says, Jesus says, But as the days of Noe were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving a marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. So that's what's going on in verses 4, chapters 4, 5, and 6. They're a unit of time after sin fell in, verse, in chapter 3 and before the flood. So contextually, when you get to uh, Genesis chapter 4, that's where you're at. That's where we're at. So... We're going to see the effects of that sin nature that's been passed on from Adam, Adam and Eve. That's when God cursed man and cursed the earth. So when we get to Cain and Abel, they're the first two recipients of that sin nature. And we get to see the effects of what it has on volition that God, all the four institutions God ordained was volition marriage, family, and we'll see through the effects of sin on all, all three of these institutions the need of government to protect 
the other three, the first three. So um, we'll see that it's important to understand is that sin is at work here, and it's passed on to these boys, and so that means it's perpetual. And that's what, uh, when you look at, before we get into this, we look at, look at um, Genesis chapter 5, from 1 to 3 there. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Speaking of Adam. And now Adam says, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day that they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. So the likeness has changed. That's, that's sin. Okay, so sin is passed on and all the way until today. We're all kin to our daddy, which is Adam. Um, Romans 5.12 piggybacks on that. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, which that's Adam, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We're all connected to Adam through sin. And so in Genesis chapter 4, we see that in what's going on here. So, I'll read, I'm going to read uh, uh, Genesis 4, 1 through 8, and then we'll get into it. Okay, so, and Adam knew his wife, and she conceived. I, I know some people have a problem with that new thing. What does that mean? He knew his wife. Didn't he already know his wife? It's ridiculous. Okay, so when you conceive a child, how else do you conceive a child? So, new means they had a sexual relationship. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord, and she, said, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firsting of his flock and the fat thereof. And I'll just say, uh, interject here, that as as you continue to study your Bible, you'll see that an offering plays out to always be a sin offering. So that's what's going on here. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fell, fallen? If thou doest well, shalt not thou not be accepted, and if thou doest not well, Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with his brother Abel, with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and slew him. So the question is, why was Abel's, Abel's offering accepted and Cain's isn't? And it's interesting that you, we, to get a solid answer on that question, we have to go all the way to the book of, of Hebrews, which is thousands of years later. But that's the progressive nature of the Word of God. It reveals itself over time. So if we look at 
we go to that chapter, chapter 11, the great faith chapter. It reveals what faith in God, God's word is. So I'll start off in Hebrews 11, um, verse 1. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. And the rest of this chapter goes on to show you what the good report of the elders was. And it's always going to be, notice, instructions from God, and then, that you, and then they believe it and they do it. So first off, faith is not willy-nilly pie in the sky. You have to have some instructions from God, and we get that from the Word of God. Anything outside of that is not faith. So verse 4, by, it answers the question, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Abel is considered righteous by God because he believed what God said. God, obviously, if, if faith means you got to have the uh, word of God, the substance of faith is God's word, God's instruction to you, and he obeyed it. So that's why God considered his offering, right? Or first he considered Abel, and then it says he considered his offering. He came by faith. Um, verse 4 reveals that they both had to have the same information from God as what to bring, where to bring it, when to bring it, for an offering. Uh, you know, I remember in school, as just a, as an example, I was the worst student. I, I was a master at getting by. That's why I was, I was good at that. And it wasn't, I don't know how many times, I come to class, sit down, and notice everybody's brought the same thing. Like, and I'm, but I'm like, eh, well, I'll take an F, big deal, right? So, but it is kind of an eerie feeling. You're looking around, or maybe you're dropping off your kids at the school, and everybody's piling out of their cars with this big poster board, and I'm going, where's yours? So, like, so, but my point is, in order for everybody to bring the same thing at the same time, we only got two people involved here. He brought, he brought what the Lord accepted, which means you didn't, because by faith means he had information from God, and of course, we know the rest of that story. Abel brought uh, what it says, uh, the first, where he brought from the ground, because he's a tiller of the ground. This is why God, uh, okay, so go back to uh, verse 4, I mean, verse 7 in, in that chapter 4. He says, he counts, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis 4, verse 7. Um, he says, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And, and the thing about it, he knew what to bring. So this is kind of, these are rhetorical questions. When he asked him, uh, he says, Cain was wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to him, why, is your, why art thou wroth and why is your countenance fallen? You knew what to bring. You knew. So, like, kind of like you would do, you know, your kids or something. 
if you do that, then I'm going to do this. And if they do that, and then you do that, then you say, well, okay, why are you mad? Right? So why is that countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Abel is an example, obviously, of doing well. God told him what to bring. He brought it, and that's what he's talking about. Believe my word. And uh, so, if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. So Cain didn't do well. So that's an example for you and I today. Of course, the words, the doctrine changes over time. All scripture is forced, but not all written to us and about us. But faith issue, believe the word that's, that is talking to you, is, uh, found, it is fundamental all the way throughout the Bible. What we do, what we don't do, is what changes. Um, you remember when uh, God told Adam and Eve, eat of the seed of the ground. When, when, when you go on up to Noah, when he landed on dry ground, he said you can eat anything and everything. So things change in the Bible. That, that's not a big deal. You just got to follow along and keep reading. So uh, in verse 3 and 4 of Genesis 4, we see a classic example of comparative religion. Man's religion, man's vain religion, is unbelief. Cain rejected God's word and trying to please God his own way. Faith, and I read this somewhere, and I, and usually I don't agree with everything I see online, but so faith is uh, equal to God reaching man. And religion is man's way of trying to reach God his own way. And it's, I like that. So that's what you see here. And without knowing Hebrews 11 telling us that by faith Abel brought, and then you say, okay, you guys, same time, same place, with an offering. His was accepted, yours wasn't. You brought the wrong thing because you chose to. So that's, that's important to understand. Faith and unbelief are seen in the simplest forms here. This is a microcosm of what we're dealing with even today. Uh, in verse 4, God accepted Abel and his sacrifice because it was what God wanted. Abel, Abel obeyed the instructions from God, which we now know was a proper animal sacrifice. Cain, trying to satisfy God his own way, like religion, brought forth a faithless offering. So if, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, and there's some, a few other verses here that are really hammers home the issue of faith and how we go about attaining it. For uh, verse 6, Hebrews 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So seeking him would be seeking after his word. It's not like you have a blindfold going through life. You, 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 we all have an awareness of God in us. That's what Romans chapter 1 is talking about. And so you know that there's some communication from God somewhere. So you diligently seek after it. So, when, so verse 7 talks about Noah. By faith, again, by faith, Noah being warned of God. There's his instructions of things not seen as yet. He moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness 
which is by faith. God warned him, gave him some information, and he moved with fear. He believed it, and therefore he did it. Uh, verse 8, Abraham is a, is, is a tremendous uh, example of faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called out to go, uh, called out, called to go out into a place which he should after receive an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he where he went. Now that's faith. Um, he and it was counted to him for righteousness. We know Paul says in, in Romans chapter four. Um, Think about that. He's, he, the wilderness, going off this way. Yeah, not, you don't know where you're going, but you believe you should do. You, you believe God, and that's what he did. He believed God's word. Um, we'll go down to uh, verse 17, continuing to talk about Abraham. When he, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that Isaac, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. He took Isaac to the, to the altar, ready to do what God told him to do by faith, because he understood something about resurrection. Everything God pr promised Abraham, he tells him in uh, Genesis 13, I'm gonna pro I pro he's promising him, if you do what I say, I'll give you a, a, a land, I'll give you a people. He says, God says, uh, as, as many as the dust of the earth, if a man can, if a man can count the dust of the earth. That's okay, so he's promising him. But then in um, 15, Chapter 15 of uh, Genesis 15, verse 15, he tells him, you're going to die at a good old age. So he went to his grave knowing that he was going to receive these promises later. And so when he takes Isaac to the altar, it's no different. In his mind, because he already knows, you've already told me that you've promised my seed and Isaac and through our seed will the nations of the earth, all the families of the earth, be blessed. So he's not worried about it. He understands resurrection. He would have taken him out if, if God hadn't stopped him. And he's right. So that's some faith there, folks. Um, I, and I also like Job, Job 19. get anxiety blindness Job Job 19 verse 24 through 27 Job is, is a book that's previous to to uh, Abraham um, verse 24 oh, wait a minute Job 19. 
He's, okay, verse 25, he says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. He understands I'm going to die, but I also understand and believe that I shall see God. That's faith. Um, so uh, in verse 13 of Hebrews 11, he says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises. That's what we're talking about. But having seen them from afar, seen them afar off, he had believed the prophecy that, he, that God was telling them. And we're, I like this part, and we're persuaded of them and embrace them. Uh, that, that's how much faith they had. Especially when it says that, and they and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Because they know something better is coming. They believe it. You have instructions from God and you believe it and you take it with you to your grave. That's, that's faith. So when you look at, when we think about our time, of course, we're in the we're in the easiest time to be a Christian. To him that worketh not but believe, his faith is counted for righteousness, and that's so easy. That's that's actually the faith issue that people have a hang up with. That's not that's too easy, right? So, but what do we wait for when when we when we by we read the scriptures about say Ephesians chapter one, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Okay, so that's our hope. We can't see that. We're not going to have that on this earth, but we hope for it like these, like these men did. Uh, the rapture. If it wasn't in the, in the Bible, we wouldn't know anything about it. But when we read it and we believe it, then that's our hope. We have something to hope for. Uh, Colossians, 1, Colossians 3, verse 2, he says, set your, effect, set your hearts on things above. So... The only way you're going to know about those things is to believe the word. And uh, those are things that are not here in front of us. And they're not material things. A lot of people think that their material things, their personal wealth, is uh, evidence of their, that they're in the will of God. First uh, Timothy 6, 5, uh, very clear about if, the, if we're around people that think that, you know, what are we supposed to do? I should go to there. First Timothy. Perverse disputings of, these are the people that believe that, right? Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Okay, so obviously that is those things that you you can see and hope for, and you can put your hands on. It's not faith. You know, you think about Christmas Eve. You got to go to Coles before they close, and the parking lot is jammed. No parking anywhere. And you know, I, I'm the the biggest proponent of walking by sight a long time ago. Dear Lord, give me a parking spot. And sure enough, somebody pull out, and I pull out, thank you, Jesus, right? And that is not faith. Because after I get my parking spot, what am I hoping for? 
I'm not, I'm not hoping for that anymore. That's for, uh, uh, what, what does Paul say? For what a man hopes for? Uh, shoot. I'll get to it. But we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, okay, so those are the things that we wait for as Abraham and Noah did. And we, they walked by faith. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, very important. goes right along with Hebrews 11. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You're not going to get the word of God and a prophecy or a, a prayer, uh, a dream or a vision. They did, but that's because this book was in the process of being written. Things had to happen to be put down in ink. And when Paul, when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, when that which is perfect has come, then all those other things are going to cease. That's because this word is, book is done. You, you, and if you want to know the will of God, you've got to get into the word, and, and that's it. Okay, I have another uh, couple of uh, examples of, of faith. Wow, 10, 30 minutes. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10. I like this. This is if I were to describe this in any other terms, you'd probably think I was being condescending. But this is so simple. Deuteronomy chapter ten, verse one. It says, "At that time, the Lord said unto me, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and come up unto me into the mount. Make thee an ark of wood, and I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest." And here, uh, and also put them in the ark. And now, so verse 3 to the end here is what Moses did. He just told him what to do, so he had instructions from God. And what does he do? He does verbatim almost, a little bit out of order, but he does exactly what God tells him to do. And I made an ark, an ark of shittim wood, I hewed two tables of stone like unto the first, and I went up to the mount having two tables of stone in my hand, and he wrote on the tables according to the first writings, the Ten Commandments with the Lord spake unto you, on the mount, but my point is, God said this. Noah did that. I mean, uh, Moses did that exactly. So you got to have the word of God in order to be faithful. Uh, another one is uh, Joshua chapter eleven. Joshua eleven. I forgot to write the verse. I think it's twenty-two. Remember it, Terry. <laughs> okay. Uh, verse fifteen. Joshua eleven fifteen. As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. You see how that just starts with God, goes to Moses, gives it to Joshua. Joshua is everything Moses told him, which was what God told him. He says, all that the Lord commanded Moses. It's, that's, that's a, I think that's a tremendous example of we have to have the word of God in order to have faith 
and then obey it. He's doing what he was told here. Uh, I understand when we get to Paul's epistles, the faith issue is changed. Uh, I mean, the faith is the, still the issue, but the instructions have changed because we're not talking to Israel anymore. We're talking to the body of Christ who's not under the law, and that's huge. So let's look at unbelief and what Cain represents in that, and Cain and Abel. Cain represents man's religious rebellion, trying to please God his own way, not, accept, not according to faith. Because God rejected Cain and his offering, in verse 5, Cain teaches us that disobedience is equal to unbelief. Um, uh, that, I mean, Cain and Abel aren't the only ones that ever disobeyed God. There's some great, great people that did. Um, but the, the example here is by faith, do it. By faith means believing. Believe what God tells you to do, which Abel is an example of. Cain's an example of the opposite. Um, let's go to Numbers chapter 20 real quick. Numbers chapter 20. This is an event where uh, the people were complaining to Moses. They needed water. And uh, this is where Moses blows it. Uh, the, I'll start at verse, uh, verse 2. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And why have you brought, a, brought up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our cattle should die? Um, so verse 6, okay, so they're complaining. They're, they're showing a lack of faith. I mean, you've just gone through the, the plagues that God did in Egypt. You saw the power, and you don't think that God's going to take care of your water needs. You, okay, so... Anyway, verse 6, Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, you got to watch, watch this close if you're not familiar with this. Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, and thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, his water, knows that. Um, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. Uh, I'm not going to go there, but Exodus chapter 17 is almost the same thing. They're complaining about water. And God did tell them to strike the rock and water would come out. But here he told them to speak to the rock. And Moses took the rod, in verse 9, from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Moses lifted his, up his hand, and, he, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. Imagine that one. He hit it once, nothing comes out. <laughs> Whack it again, okay. But you remember, he said, speak to the rock, not strike it. And I like verse 12, very clear. He, uh, Moses disobeyed God. And in verse 12, the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, and he says, because you believed me not. 
So you see, he disobeyed him, and God says, because you believed me not. So f disobedience and unbelief are the same. And that's kind of what's the same thing in uh, Cain and Abel, because Cain knew better. He believed him not and brought the wrong offering. So this event kept, kept Moses from crossing over and leading the people into the, the promised land. Joshua took over. So that's, that's a great example of un, uh, unbelief. You have God's word, you choose not to, to obey. Uh, okay, so going back to Genesis chapter 4, Cain's offering was not an honest mistake. It wasn't an uninformed error. It was willful rebellion. So um, uh, let's go to uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter 3. And he's going to, this is a, a tribulation book, thousands of years after Cain and Abel. These are the little flock of believers going through the 70th week of Daniel, and they're trying to be able to uh, know fellow believers from, from a non-fellow believer, their friend from foe. Uh, and that's what it says in uh, verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest, the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteous which would have been Cain, is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Verse 12, referring all the way back to Genesis. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Notice the works. What are we talking about? We're talking about the offering. That's a work of righteousness. You bring the right offering. It's a work of righteousness. He's referring back to both brothers' offerings. And Abel's, Abel's is righteous because we know that because he, he by faith believed God and brought the correct offering. Cain's work is in this verse is considered evil and that he was of that wicked one, meaning Cain is likened to unbelieving Satan just for not believing God because of his unbelief and disobedience in God's word and instructions, his, his work, his offering was considered evil. So, faith in God's words means you ought to have instructions from God. I'm trying to make that clear. I'll go ahead and conclude. I'll read my conclusion here. Faith has always meant that man should take God at his word. Religion is an attempt by man, usually the traditions of men, to try to please God his own way. All scripture is for us, but it isn't all written about us or to us. But the faith issue is consistent all throughout the Bible. This is why Paul tells us to faithfully, rightly divide the word of truth. Okay. So I'll close with the word prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time we had to study your word and gain knowledge that you have left for us to have. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to us, and, and especially the issue of faith. I pray there be a rich blessing to us. In Jesus' name, amen.